we don't do a lot of uh, times, but there's somebody here that puts a lot of time and effort into our church each week. She's having a birthday today. We want to sing happy birthday to Miss Pat. And we're going to do this a cappella. Last time I did a song a cappella, I changed keys three times. <laughs> so we're going to do it, hopefully in the right key. So I'm going to start. Y'all join with happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sam. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here in person. Glad to have the, those of you who are joining with us on our social media platforms, whether that's on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Be sure to heart, to like, to share, to follow us there. Uh, retweet us on Twitter, and then also subscribe on YouTube. Hit that little notification bell on YouTube, and that way you'll get the latest updates. And welcome to those who are listening on our phone live streaming also. We're glad to have each and every one of you. If you have access to the Internet, encourage you to go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, it's there that you can download under the info tab today's worship bulletin, so be sure to get that done. If you need that in person, uh, they're at the doors. Uh, you can get those anytime uh, that you need. And then we also have our children's worship bulletins in person over here in the windowsill to my right, to your left. Those are also under that info tab at highlandbaptistchurch.com. And you can also download this week's uh, prayer list. So be sure to get all those things downloaded. Lots of things that are upcoming. And so just want to encourage you, uh, even though this is summer, stay up to date uh, with all the things uh, that are going on. Uh, we do welcome you here this morning because we have a special uh, way we start our service when we have uh, a situation like this. Uh, we had a young girl, Kylie uh, Prince, who came last week to publicly profess that faith in Jesus Christ, and she's coming uh, to follow through in the waters of, of baptism this morning. But I want to read to you a scripture that comes from Romans chapter 6 uh, that tells us, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. And we believe that baptism is not necessary for salvation, but it is a picture of, of what happens in our hearts and our lives when we come to faith in Jesus Christ and we're to follow through with believers' baptism in obedience to what Jesus Christ has told us to do. And so with that, I'm going to ask Kylie if she'll go ahead and come on down into the water. Kylie Prince, upon your, what is your profession of faith? Upon your profession of faith as Jesus is Lord, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in baptism, risen to walk in a newness of life. Amen. Amen. As we begin our service, let's just go to the Lord 
in prayer in just a little bit. Pastor Matt's going to, after, after we sing our congregational song, Pastor Matt will take care of uh, doing our missionary moment. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Kylie who has followed through in obedience and what you have commanded us to do. That when we come to faith in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, one of the first steps of obedience uh, to give that picture of what has happened in our hearts and lives and to follow through with obedience as Jesus said for us to be baptized. Father, she has come to do that. So have your hand upon her in the days ahead. Father, I pray that you will help her to walk in that newness of life. Uh, Father, I pray that you will grow her in her faith with you and her walk with you. And we just ask your blessings upon her. Uh, and may we be a blessing to her uh, as a church as she will be a blessing to us. Lord, bless this service and everything that happens in this service. We give it all to you and we seek to bring you glory and you honor. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mike. What a way to start a service. We need to do that every Sunday, don't we? Baptism. Take your hymnals now. Thank you, choir. I'm glad they're coming up here. Take your hymnals and actually stand. Stretch your legs a little bit and praise the Lord. And we're going to sing 495. We're going to sing Serve the Lord with Gladness. But we will wait on them to show up. Realize how hollow it sounds until they walk down and we keep singing. I need that support.
Good morning, church. If you'd open with me to our missionary moment. We have Michael and Tracy Bird of Missouri. Both Michael and Tracy Bird grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, but they never thought they would return to their old neighborhood for ministry. The neighborhood where the Birds planted Faith Community Bible Church is impoverished and has a high crime rate. Many people in the neighborhood feel abandoned and uncared for. The church aims to make Jesus known for caring for the forgotten. One of the ways they do this is through a care-based strategy the center, that centers on meeting the community's needs. For example, to meet the food need, the church started a food pantry. However, they soon realized that cooking lessons were a more valuable resource and so began gatherings where simple cooking lessons were taught, thereby developing and deepening relationships. So let's pray that God would help the birds care for the needs of their community as they share the good news about Jesus and continue to send harvest or labors into the harvest uh, for those to share Jesus with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we get to pray for Michael and Tracy Bird. God, we pray that you would continue to bless the works of their hands for your glory. God, as they are ministering in the community they grew up in, God, we pray that you would protect them, watch over them. God, give them boldness to share Jesus with those around them. And God, we just pray that you would send more laborers to help them to share Jesus and to point people to you. God, we thank you for their faithfulness and what they're doing in St. Louis. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus down the cross for our sins, that through him we could have a relationship with you. God, help us uh, today, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. God, we thank you for this baptism that we saw. Lord, may it be a reminder to us, Lord, that there is still more work to do, that we'd also train those who are new in the faith to be great witnesses for you, Lord. Thank you, God, for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, real quick, you, don't, you can also uh, uh, bring your offering uh, after service here at the, uh, the pulpit, uh, the, the offering place, or you could also donate online through, our, uh, app, through the app. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Now, continuing the praising the Lord, we'll sing in our next hymn, Living for Jesus 282, where the words are on the screen. Join the choir as we sing all three of these verses. Living for Jesus.
just a reminder, Children's Church will be gathering over on the piano side during this song, and we want to sing, and each of you to stand as we sing, 447, Trust and Obey.
what a day that will be. We long for that day. We look forward to that day when our Jesus we shall see. Take your Bibles this morning and turn back to John chapter 14 as we continue our walk through the life of Jesus. I've entitled the message this morning, If You Love Me. And you're going to see that prominently in this one verse of Scripture. We've looked at the Scriptures before this one. We've looked at already the scriptures after this one, but we kind of jumped over verse 15 just a little bit because I wanted to come back to it today because there's so much in this one little verse that applies to our lives that if we do want to indeed see that day, when we see Jesus face to face, the very first thing you need to know is Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And here's how one of the ways you can know that you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. So let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word, John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you will take this verse albeit a short verse, Lord, may it be a powerful verse in our hearts and in our lives this morning. May it transform and change our lives, Lord, that if we are here this morning and we don't know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, may we see that first step, if you love me. May we examine our hearts to know, do we love Jesus? Have we given our hearts and our lives to him? If not, Lord, I pray that would be the first thing that we do today. But Lord, if there are those of us who are here who have done that, I pray, God, that the rest of this verse will remind us, Lord, uh, of the evidence that gives, uh, the, the things that give the evidence of our salvation uh, is the works that happen in our lives that prove and show the love that we have for you. Lord, that it wouldn't be just words that we're speaking, but it would be actions lived out in our lives because of the presence of God in our hearts. So, Father, I pray this morning. May your word go forth, and may it not return void. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. You can be seated. You know, some of the most joyful, happiest people on the planet uh, are people who truly love Jesus every day because it leads into something that God wants from all of us if we love him. What in the world does God want from us? You know, we're experts at telling God all the time what we want from him. I mean, we don't have no problem telling God, here's what I want. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to do it. Sometimes we even want to tell it. Uh, but I think the far more important question for us is, what does God want from us? So understand that the only way, uh, the, the only way that we can know what God wants from us is he has to tell us. And he has told us in his word what he wants from us. Uh, we have to know him to know what he wants. Uh, and you can basically boil down what God wants from us in really four things. And I want to share briefly those four things with you before we get into this passage deeply. The very first thing that God wants for us to do is to believe him. To believe him. That's what he wants. He wants our faith, our trust in him. Uh, now that makes perfect sense because you cannot please God if you don't even believe in God and don't trust in God. So the first step in having a relationship with God and giving God what he wants is simply putting your faith in his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and your Savior. So believe him. 
The second thing that God says to us is to love me. To love me. In fact, Jesus tells us that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love others as you love our, yourselves. That's the two great commands. God is love, and God loved us first, and all God wants for us is to love him back. God also tells us what else he wants from us, uh, which is why everyone who has been, ever been here or ever will be here, is that God says to me, I want you to glorify me. In other words, life is not about you. Life is about him. And everything we do and the way we live, the things we do in our lives are to be bringing glory to God the Father. That's why Jesus came uh, on this earth himself. We've all heard that he came to die on the cross. He came to save us from our sins so that we could have that relationship to God. And that's true. But why did he do that? Well, if you look over to John chapter 17 and verse 4, the Bible says Jesus is praying to the Father there in that great prayer we're going to look at in, in a few more weeks. He says, I glorified you on earth, talking about the Father. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. If that was Jesus' primary first objective was to bring glory to the Father, that ought to be our objective also in our lives. He came primarily for his heavenly Father. He came to bring salvation to us, but why did he do that? He did that ultimately to bring glory to God the Father. He wants us to bring glory to him also. And then there's a fourth thing that he wants us to do that comes here in this passage in John chapter 14 and verse 15. Jesus had said something to his disciples uh, about love that they had probably never thought about uh, or, or even heard of before. And it's always a part of love. In fact, if love doesn't involve this, then it's not really true love. The thing that we learn in this passage that God wants from us and what he says to us here is, obey me. Obey me. Now, if you think about it, that makes perfect sense also. It links the others together. Because if you really believe God and you really trust God and you really uh, know, begin to know him, when you begin to know him, you trust him, and then you, you, you begin to realize as you believe him, you'll begin to love him the way he wants you to love him. And once you begin to love him, then you're willing to obey him in whatever he wants you to do. So to put it simply, here in John chapter 14, in this one simple sentence, Jesus tells us exactly how we're to love him. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now up until now, for almost three, three and a half years, Jesus has been declaring his love to his disciples. He's demonstrated his love to his disciples. You remember he washed his disciples' feet, a, a great example and demonstration of his love towards them. He's about to go to the cross, to die on the cross, the ultimate expression of his love to them and to us. And now, though, in this verse, he, he literally does a complete 180, if you will. He turns the tables and he says to the disciples, now I want to talk about your love for me. He's already, already been talking about his love for them and his love for us. Now he wants to talk about our love for him. So basically, he gives this definition of what it means to love God, and it boils down to those two words, obey me. Now to be honest, obedience, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. 
I mean, think about it. In just obedience in general in life, you have to take your, your, your dogs or your pets. If you want them to obey, you have to teach them. Sometimes you have to take your dogs to, a, to an obedience school to teach them to obey. Your children, you have to teach them to obey. That doesn't just come naturally. Uh, let's face it, even when we become adults, we don't like to obey. I mean, we're, we, we're free to do what we want to do and, and not to be told by anybody else uh, what to do. But Jesus says, true experience with God will always lead to obedience of God. And, and so I want to share with you from this simple sentence here in verse 15, how love and obedience go together and how one is really impossible without the other. Here's the first thing I want you to get from this message this morning, is that we are to proclaim our love by obeying. We're to proclaim our love by obeying. Now, those first four words, if you love me. And if you remember your English grammar, that's a conditional sentence, uh, an if-then proposition. And so Jesus is, he's not assuming that his disciples love him. He's not assuming that they don't love him. He's simply saying, now, if you do love me. So let's get very practical here. Here's one surefire way to, to at least get other people to think that you love them and hopefully believe them uh, that you love them. And that's to tell them. If you tell somebody you love them, that ought to, we'll talk about it in a minute, it ought to be backed up by our actions, but people need to hear that from your words. I mean, think about your spouse. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married 32 years, and it hardly ever goes a day that we don't tell each other, I love you. If we're going somewhere, she's going to work, or I'm going to work, and she's staying home, we always make sure to say, I love you. When we go to bed at night, I love you. Those words are important for us to hear. She wants to hear it. I need to hear it. And we need to proclaim openly and verbally our love for others. But it's not enough for me just to tell her that I love her and never show her that I love her. There's a lot of people who say, I love you. You've had friends. You maybe even have had a spouse who's told you, I love you. But you came to find out somewhere down the road it didn't really match up with their actions in what they showed you. You know, far too many of us have a relationship with Jesus that's far more like a distant Facebook friend. We don't really know him well. He's just some guy that we met at vacation Bible school. Or, or if we don't like the stuff that he posts on our wall of our life, we can just hide what he puts in our feed as if, you, as if Jesus would never know. And for too many of us, he, he's kind of like an old high school buddy. Uh, we, we call him a friend, uh, but, but considering it's been a while since we've actually done anything with him or for him, he's really just an acquaintance. We have little, if nothing, in common with him anymore. But understand that, it, that the foundation of your life as a believer is our love, if you love me. In other words, love always precedes obedience. In fact, without love, religious activity isn't even godly obedience. In fact, Matthew 15 shows us that when Jesus said, he said, they worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, they were saying with their lips, he's saying, I love you, but their actions weren't showing that. 
In fact, Jesus gave an illustration in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21 down through verse 23. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So get that. You can call him Lord, Lord with your lips. You can say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. But look at the rest of that verse. He says, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty, many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. They said, Lord, Lord. They even did some things, but they didn't know him, love him truly in their hearts. You know, it's kind of like praise. Praise is simply telling God you love him. And that's why we ought to begin every day with praise. We ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We ought to get up every morning telling God how much we love him. And we ought to go to bed every night telling God how much we love him. But it's not enough just to proclaim our love in words, but not in our actions. You see, the first way that we proclaim your love to God is by proclaiming your love for Jesus, by trusting in him as your savior and surrendering to him as Lord, giving him all that, that you are to all that he is. And so when God, uh, when you tell God that you love him, you ought to tell others that you love God. And the first way you tell others that you love God after you've placed your faith and your trust in him is by what we started our service this morning with, by baptism. And so I want you to understand what baptism is and why it's such a big deal and a big deal in our church and why it ought to be a big deal to you if you love Jesus. It's not a ritual. It's not some hoop that you have to jump through. Uh, it's, it's not just you getting wet. One of the first ways you can be, you can physically and yes, even verbally proclaim your love for God to others is by showing you have placed your faith in God and in Jesus and in his death and burial and resurrection is by being baptized. It's a step of obedience, expressing your love to God. And so here's the point. We proclaim our love by obedience. The walk of obedience is the talk of love. Here's the second point I want you to get this morning. That we prove our love by obeying. Notice what he says. If you love me, you will keep. Now, when you get to looking at, at that, that verb keep, in some versions, it seems like an imperative. It says, if you love me, keep, and then goes on. Uh, it, it says, if you love me, keep my commands. That's not what he's saying, though, because in the Greek language, it's actually a future tense. Here's what it, it says here is, is what it literally is saying. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And so I want to share with you this one sentence that will help you to understand this whole relationship uh, between loving and obeying. Here's the sentence. Love is the motive for obedience, and obedience is the measure of our love. Love is the motive for obedience, 
and obedience is the measure of our love. God wants you to love him before you obey him because he wants you to obey him because you love him. Now, there's three major emotions that motivate us many times to, to do what we do. And I'm going to start really with the lowest and go to the highest uh, because the lowest emotion is the least fulfilling emotion, the least satisfying, uh, where the highest emotion is by far the most fulfilling and the most satisfying. The first level of motivation is fear. Fear says, I have to do this. Many people go to work every day simply because they fear losing their jobs. Children obey abusive parents sometimes because they fear physical harm. Overprotective parents do so more out of fear of what might happen to their children rather than out of a love for them. Fear is a terrible motivator because it's an external source of motivation for what we do because we're afraid of what someone else might do to us or what might happen to someone else to, 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 to someone else for me when I was growing up I learned if my mom said don't do this you don't do it why you feared the, the punishment that was coming and so that was good constructive fear in that sense. Uh, but fear is the lowest rung uh, of motivators. The second level of motivation is uh, higher, that, that's higher, is duty. Duty says, I ought to do this. Not I have to do this, but I ought to do this. In fact, in a Gallup poll, it was found that 70% of people hate their jobs and don't like to go to work. The re and you may, you may be here this morning in that place. The reason why most of those people stay at their job at found is out of a sense of duty. They have an obligation or they feel like they have an obligation to take care of their family or they believe they ought to put uh, in a full day's work for a full day's pay because it's the right thing to do. Now, duty is an admirable word. Uh, to, that we ought to do something out of that respect is a, is a good thing. It's an admirable emotion, but it's also an external motivation controlled by the expectation of somebody else. And so it comes out of a feeling that we're obligated to do something for somebody else. Here's the highest, most fulfilling motivation of all. Love. Love. It says, I want to do this. Not because somebody else told me I had to, not because I felt I had to or out of some fear, but I want to do this. Somebody said if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. You've heard that before. When you don't obey God uh, to be saved or to be blessed or even to be right with God, you obey God because you love God. Understand this, love is the, is the root of your relationship to God. It is the fruit, the fruit of that, though, is the obedience of your love for God. Love is the motive for your obedience. Obedience is the measure of your love. And so notice what he says there. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Not because you have to, but because you want to. And because you want to, uh, you will. And so Jesus is simply saying that, uh, saying what we all know to be true. If you love me, 
Don't just tell me. Show me. Show me. Not because you have to, but because you want to. And you want to, to, you, you want, uh, to his will to be shown uh, in your life. And when you do that, you will, when you love him, it will show that you are putting his will first in your life. And so in the plan of God, the ultimate way that a person shows, the, the, think about this, the ultimate way that a man shows uh, his, his, his ultimate love, his extreme love for a woman and a woman for a man is, is in marriage. Uh, now understand this, I didn't marry Samantha because I had to. I didn't marry her because I ought to. I married her because I wanted to and she wanted to marry me. That day was the ultimate proof of my love and every day should be living proof of our love for Jesus. Here's the third thing I want you to get from this passage this morning. We practice our love by obeying. We practice our love by obeying. Now Jesus gets very specific here about what we will obey. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus says that the way you practice your love is by obeying his commandments. Then he does something even better for us. He shows us the benefits of obedience. Look at what he says on down in verse 21. In verse 21 he says, whoever has my commandments, that's here in his word, and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. He says it's really easy to point out the people who love me. It's the people who obey me. But the people who obey me, he says, I will show myself to them. You know, there are so many Christians, or those who profess to be Christians at least, who believe in Jesus. They love Jesus at least to an extent. But if they were honest and you were to ask them, is Jesus real to you on a moment-by-moment -moment basis? Is he the most important relationship in your life? Does he dominate your heart and your mind? If they were honest, they would have to say no. You know why? Because your experience of Jesus will be proportional to your obedience to Jesus. John told us if we will obey Jesus because we love him, then we'll, he will show himself to you. You do that by keeping his commands. Where are his commands found? They're found in the Bible. Now, now watch this. So many people say they don't read the Bible because they don't understand the Bible. Can I tell you the number one reason why, if you're a believer, you really don't understand the Bible? It's not because of your head. It's because of your heart. Because if you want to understand the parts of the Bible that you don't understand, the way to do that is by obeying the parts of the Bible that you do understand. When you begin to obey the parts you do understand, God will then begin to help you to understand more. If you can't be faithful with the things you do understand, why should he give you more? 
to understand. You see, we experience who God is when we respond to what God says to us. And reading the Bible will give you information about God, but obeying the Bible brings transformation in your life by God. The problem is too often we selectively obey. We, we pull this passage and we like what that says and so we'll obey that but we see other passages that we're like, hey, I don't like that because that means maybe some, some changes in my life. Uh, we, you know, we'll obey the parts of God's word that we like and we'll disobey the parts that we don't like. Understand this, you cannot obey God the way you want. You have to obey the, God the way he wants. If you love him, you'll obey his commandments willingly, joyfully, and completely. So let me be very specific in my application here. There are two ways that we can practice our love for Jesus. One is to obey the first commandment that he gave his disciples in the previous chapter, back in John 13 and verse 34. In John 13, 34, here's what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. That's the first thing we need to do. We're to love one another as a part of God's family. But we're also to love unbelievers who need to be in God's family. Another way we can practice our love for Jesus is to shine our light for others to believe in God and to love God and to obey God. Because when you love God and you show God you love God by obeying God, here's what Jesus says will happen in verse 23 of John 14. Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Nothing will make you feel more at home with Jesus, and nothing will make Jesus feel more at home with you than when you love him by obeying him. And that means that when we sin, it's because we're not loving Jesus the way we ought to. When we get angry with our kids and we sin against them, when we're selfish toward our spouse, when we have desires that don't honor the Lord, when we're dissatisfied with, with what we have with our possessions and we start coveting what others have, when we have a, a complaining and critical spirit, when we don't trust Jesus like we ought to, then it's all because I'm not loving Jesus like I ought to love Jesus. How do we know that? Because Jesus said the, the greatest commandment was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And here he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So the fruit of our love is our lifestyle. Keep my commandments. You know, you can have spiritual activity without loving Jesus. But you cannot have a love for Jesus without it resulting in obedience. And that may seem old-fashioned, but if you love Jesus, it's going to impact things in your life. It's going to impact where you go and what you do. 
It's going to impact what you watch on TV, what you listen to uh, on your devices. It's going to impact how you treat your spouse. It's going to impact how you treat your kids. It's going to impact what you wear, what you think. It's going to impact uh, what you drink. It's going to impact what kind of employee you are. It's going to impact how you spend your time. It's going to impact how you spend your money, uh, your, 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 how you, your attendance at church, your attendance in Sunday school. John goes on to write in a whole nother letter in 1 John about this very issue. And here's what he says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, and by this we know that we have come to know him. Here's how you can know if you've come to know him. Not because you obeyed him before you believed in him, but you believed in him. So we're not talking about a work salvation. We're talking about a belief in faith salvation in Jesus Christ. But once you believe, it ought to produce some works in your life. And so John says to us, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Who's the he there? Jesus. He's not talking about a salvation by works. He's talking about a salvation that produces good works in obedience to the Lord. Look at that verse one more time, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. You won't have to keep them or even ought to keep them. You'll want to keep them because you love him. I believe of all the things that may surprise us the moment we die and meet Jesus face to face, the thing that will shock us the most is that we didn't love Jesus more before we die. That we didn't love him more because we didn't do and show him that love by the things that we did more. Because to believe Jesus is to know Jesus. And to know Jesus is to love Jesus. And to love Jesus is to obey Jesus. Why? Because he first loved us. We proclaim our love by obeying Jesus. We prove our love by obeying Jesus. And we practice our love by obeying Jesus. Are you doing that in your life? I'd encourage you to examine your heart this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for showing us the greatest love that you could have ever shown us by sending your only begotten son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. There was nothing about it but your love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, Father, I pray this morning that if there are those who are here who have never publicly professed that faith in Christ and they want to come to know him this morning as Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that they would just simply call out to you as your word tells us that if we believe in our heart and we profess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So, Lord, I pray that they would pray something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe in my heart 
that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray if someone's prayed something like that in their heart, may they come to publicly profess that and then to follow through with believers' baptism. Maybe there are those who have, who have done that already. They prayed, they've asked Jesus into their heart, but they've never followed through with believers' baptism. Lord, I pray that they would come this morning to say, I want to show Jesus I love him by being baptized, by taking that first step of obedience. And so, Father, I pray that you will work in their hearts. Maybe there are those, Lord, who need to come and to join this fellowship because you're wanting them, Lord, to, 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 help, to help in your kingdom work through this church, to share the gospel across Tullahoma, Middle Tennessee, uh, the state of Tennessee, this nation, and around the world. So, Father, I pray that you will stir their hearts uh, this morning to come also. Lord, I pray for every one of us who are here as believers that we would examine our hearts truly to see, are we just saying with our lips we love you? Or are we showing it in our lives? Lord, if we're not showing it in our lives, I pray, God, right now, we would confess of our sin and that you would transform our hearts from the inside out, not by fear, Lord, not out of a sense of duty, but fill our hearts with your love, that out of the love you have for us and the love you've created in our hearts for you, that we would demonstrate our love towards you, not just in word, but also in deed. So bless us this morning in this invitation. We give it to you and ask for your will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand this morning as we sing our hymn of invitation number 285, wherever he leads, I'll go. Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us, will you come this morning?
Real quick, just want to remind everyone, today is Share Sunday. And so if you are, would like to join us as we go to the community, pray and share the gospel with others, you can meet us here uh, in the sanctuary about 3.15. We're going to have a time of prayer, and we will head out around 4 o'clock. And so please uh, be here for that. And that's part of what we've been called to do as followers of Christ is to share about him. So uh, please uh, pray about that and, and come and join us. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Stanley Smith, and along with Aaron Murray, we had the privilege of taking 10 students to Center Kid, which was held at Lee University. First of all, I'd like to thank the church for helping sponsor that. Second, I'd like to thank the parents for sharing your students with us. Our theme for the week was Beyond the Surface. God sees the out, God sees, man sees the outside, God sees the inside. We studied a humble heart, a trusting heart, a merciful heart, and a willing heart. When it came time to do quiet time, our kids did it. When it came time to worship, they worshiped. When it came time to do Bible study, they made you proud. I want to thank you again for supporting our students at Center Kit, and I will leave you with three pizzas, $10. 12 Kona Isis, $48. A great week at Center Kid with 10 extraordinary students. Now that was priceless. Enjoy the video. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could care? my turn till I made I was breathing but not alive all my failures I tried to hide it was my turn
Isn't it great to have the baptism of water stirred, the kids going to church camp learning about God? Um, amen. A uh, few announcements. Uh, please keep Brenda Griffin and her family in your prayers for the passing of her brother. And there will be no men's Bible study until August. I don't know the exact date, but uh, just keep that in mind. Let's be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the the little ones that uh, just show the joy of learning about you and and uh, just the innocence they have and just be with our kids as they grow up in church and uh, protect them and let them learn about you and grow in you. Let them be used as an example of how we should act. Uh, be with us as we go throughout this week. In your name I pray. And amen. Thank you.